not to kill anyone. So right now I'm wondering, was it right to kill Osama bin Laden? Good question. <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't have an answer for that. But I think I should say something, right? Uh, well, as Buddhists, we are not supposed to kill anybody. But apparently, um, the people who kill Osama bin Laden are not Buddhists. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> so, if I were them, I wouldn't do that. So, good answer. <laughs> well, anybody else? Um, I was just uh, usually I before I come to um, meditation, I usually think what I want to do, you know, just in case if people didn't have a question, um, I have to talk something, and today. I thought that um, to talk about a little bit how uh, Buddha explained how we see the world. And this is really interesting because um, when I go through the teachings and there are um, enormous amount of teachings that spend to, uh, to talk about uh, discourses that um, spend to talk about how we perceive, how we see the world. And um, so it's really interesting because uh, um, I don't think uh, like 2,500 years ago um, any of other philosophies or religions that explain that how we uh, how we really uh, see the world and uh, um, what's the nature of it and I don't think there are any explanations and so in when it's come to religion uh, I mean by that um, so one of the things that I found that um, really interesting is that we always see the world with um, with our senses, and that's how we gather information with our eye and um, and uh, ear and nose and tongue, and there is um, six senses and mind, and mind has thoughts and eyes has uh, pictures. We see things, and ear has sounds, and so this is how we uh, see the world. And so, some, when somebody read somebody who is really new to uh, Buddhist practice, if somebody read these things, and so what it's basically saying is there is really nothing that we ask, that we see as real, there is nothing that we can call anything real. So you can see a building, and you can see a person, and you can see a car, but it's just nothing. And so People that people think that uh, people—it's a big accusation that Buddhism has because um, it's 
doesn't accept the external world and it's always uh, there is nothing and so uh, with the concept of um, anicca uh, which is uh, impermanence and um, so I guarantee you but in Buddhist teachings he did not say that so what we do what happens is that when we see things and when we when we get contact with objects, with our senses, and um, we see things, and when we see things, uh, like when we, when the when the light affects on your eye, it takes impulses to your brain, and it's processed in your brain, and then we react to according to whatever that happens in the brain. And so, whatever that you see is something that not delight, and we push it away. And if something that really interesting, and you think it's beautiful, and we try to grasp it, and we try to cling to it. And so, this is the, this is the process that happens. So, what Buddha is basically saying is, this, the, the, the way that we see the world is not real. Uh, why he uh, say that is that we cannot see, we cannot perceive the world directly with our naked eye. So that's the, the point that Buddha makes. Uh, we cannot see things directly. We cannot see uh, we cannot perceive things that we see directly with our naked eye. It's just, it, it, that's how with all the senses, that we see things, hear things, and we taste things. And so we cannot really um, understand the nature of uh, the reality of, uh, of things. And so... It's, a, it's, it's very interesting because like 2,500 years ago that how Buddha talked about what happened in our brain. So if we don't understand, if we don't understand what happens with the uh, physically when we contact with the things and we really don't understand who we are. Basically, we don't understand what's really going on within ourselves. And so, in order to understand that, we have to understand the brain, how it works. And so, everything that we see in the world is a virtual reality. So, it's not... Um, so, when we, when, when we really understand it... Um, so, if I didn't know this, I would think today, in this room, there are a bunch of people. So when you have that understanding, you think there are a bunch of people in this room. Because the, the way you, um, when we see things, um, we think that is the reality, but it is not reality. It's something that uh, the brain does. So it's an illusion. Yes, the perception. It's the understanding of the uh, external world that we have is always um, 
wrong. That's what Buddhists um, basically uh, he's saying when he uh, spent this enormous time of explaining. And it's like when you read these teachings, it's like redundant again and again and again. And so you don't really see why the heck he's saying this like thousand times the same thing. But apparently, that is what we need to understand. And so, when we see things, we get caught up with illusions that the brain makes and we just follow. We just chase on those things and we cling to those things and we ended up being uh, a massive um, complication. Like, uh, and in my case, always I like to bring the um, example with cars that I have. So when I see cars, that's what happened to me. By the way, I got the email that you sent me. Uh, she sent me a picture of a car. Uh, so when I see a car, that's what exactly happens. It just triggers my all these uh, electrical impulse in the brain, and then I really think, oh, I, I wish if I had this car. <laughs> so sometimes I do get it, but and right now I have a really a big car payment. If I didn't have it, probably I would get it. So when we when I get it, I just get up. You know, ended up having a really uh, a massive, a complicated like bills and everything. So this is what happens exactly. But this is the nature of our life. So step by step, you know, think about when you go back and since the day that we. Uh, try to grasp these things from, uh, you know, with our senses. And this is what we have done in our life. So if you think right now in your life that this whole thing is suffering and this uh, whole thing that I have is, uh, it's, um, I can't handle this. Well, you can't complain anybody. Of course you can't complain the American, uh, no, the, what is it? Uh, the, the economy that we have uh, in this culture, in this uh, country. What is what they call it? Um, recession. Not the recession. I mean the, um, um, the economy system, what I mean by that. What is it? Yeah, it, yeah, something like that. So I, I've heard that people have this complaint a lot. So they always complain about something. They always have a complaint because they don't want to get the responsibility. They don't think that I make the mistake. No, I didn't make the mistake. The government make the mistake. People who, uh, people who create this uh, type of economic system, they're the who want, one who make mistake. But no, it's that, that we don't have a discipline. We don't see that and we are not mindful, we are not aware of things. So that's why um, we are struggling with our lives. So when, when, we, when, when we see that uh, with the mindfulness, with the concentration, and we can, I think, handle lives um, very, um, very well. But when we, uh, it, it's, it's really hard. <coughs> it's really hard because um, like when you see a person, think about um, now in Buddhism it says there is no I. 
So whoever I and see you, whoever you are, but when we see that, we don't see that there is that connection. We don't see it. We don't see that whole process. And so we see it and we come to a judgment. Oh, that person, nice, beautiful, or ugly, fat, or whatever that you, you come to that judgment. And so we don't see it as, as it is. So if we can control, if we cannot control, if we can understand this, we can really... Um, so this is the beginning of the enlightenment. So if you believe in enlightenment, getting to know this, starting to understand this, is the beginning of the enlightenment. So that way you can just cut off the, the connection that you make with the brain. If it is possible, that's what Buddha is saying. Now, if you have seen the, uh, that Vietnamese monk who uh, killed himself, he, he said fire. And he's, he's sitting on a lotus pose and he's setting a fire. And so you would see like five, ten minutes and he doesn't move. And he's on fire. And so there, there are people who have been trying to kill themselves. And so they set fire and then what they do? They try to escape from it and they try to run away from it because they can't bear the pain that they are going through. So apparently that monk who handled it really well. So how did he do that? So when we cut a finger, we always say, oh, it's my finger hurts. It's not really my finger hurts. It's your brain what that makes the connection. So if we can just block that, that's the um, enlightenment. So that's, it's, I think it's a really uh, uh, a deep concept to grasp and how, you know, you would think how we could possibly uh, <coughs> control or block those uh, electrical impulses that goes to brain. But I think it is possible. If that monk thought, I am on fire, he would feel the pain. But instead of, I think he thought, he's fire. So when you are fire, you don't feel it. But when you think that you are on fire, you feel the pain. So it's just separating that connection that we make with the brain. If we can just um, block that, cut off that connection, I think we can be enlightened very easily, but it's um, it's not a hard, um, easy task though, because we are not used to that. Okay, so uh, I know sometimes uh, maybe it doesn't make sense because um, I just wanted to talk about it a little bit, you know, little by little because people always want to. I know they are very interesting listening about happiness, peace, and la last uh, over last three, four years I've been talking about happiness. So apparently you are really happy. <laughs> so I just want to, you know, talk about a little bit more. And maybe at the beginning, this whole thing is great to you, but eventually you will get it. Um, so if you have any comments, any questions. Why did a monk set himself on fire? I think something that going with, uh, with the country is that also, like a protest or something, yeah. Oh.
Well, if something happened in here, I would do the same thing. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> separate first. That yeah. Conflicts with your vow of non-violence. I don't believe that. I'm sorry? That conflicts with your vow of non-violence. It does. But there was a situation that, uh, I'm sorry, um, there was a situation that in Buddha's time that this monk, he tried so hard to get enlightened and then he couldn't, then he killed himself. And while he was killing himself, he understood the pain and everything, so he, reali he realized this whole thing in a second. And so Buddha said he attained to enlightenment, so I don't know, maybe it's a way to do it. But I'm not suggesting wow. you to do it. Tim? No question. Oh, yeah. I didn't know if Tim had something to say. Uh, very interesting, Bhante. Very, really, really interesting. But, uh, what I was going to ask you is, when you mentioned that Buddhism at the time was the only religion who had this concept of non, like this more of a scientific approach. I think so. Yes. You know, so. Would you say then that more of the other religions and philosophies had the approach of telling you what life was? Or, or a belief system built in and Buddhism was the only one who didn't have that? Yes, and it's the, um, it's the, what do you call it, like a divine base, um, you know, like there is a, always they had a god that who controlled them. So, um, so according to Buddhist teachings, you can't really complain to anybody. It's own your actions. And so this is what happens. When good things happen, nobody wants to talk about God. And you never say, oh God. And when bad things happen, always we complain to God. So, you know, I don't know, that's something that... I do have a question away from it. It's very interesting topic. Very good. I thought, I can't understand it a little bit, which is scary. You mentioned an awful lot, and all of the monks mentioned teachings. And I've really been trying to look for Buddhist teachings in the language of which I understand and could read. Do you know of any where I could find segments or the teachings of Buddha that I don't read Pele and I don't understand? Sometimes you have to go back and back and back and back, where it's simple reading in English. Well, I know I can interject uh, one called in the words of the Buddha. In the words of the Buddha? Right. I think the Bodhi and anthology of all the and um, I've been posted on the website. Oh that would be great. Thank you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> they um recently, just a little self-disclosure, I have been reading a lot about depression and and such. And it seems that a lot of what the um, treatment for like severe depression, anxiety disorders, those kind of things, you know, the, the what the what the experts are saying, you know, I was looking at and I was I, I was looking at hand in hand at, 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 at 
Buddha's teachings and philosophies all about self and detachment and acceptance and and you know what is reality what 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 you know what Bhante Sujata would call anxiety is basically you know getting a thought and making stories you know and it was it was really amazing to me that you know there's a lot of doctors out there making tons of money off of research that was done about 2600 years ago <laughs> <laughs> Over and over again. He said everything over and over. <laughs> well, the, the teachings have. I mean, somebody who reads like a, you know a new person would think, uh, oh, this is like um, uh, because it's the purpose. I think it's the purpose of. Uh, remembering things because they memorize everything so that's why they are redundant and also like I don't know how they came up with that um, how they counted they call it there are 84,000 teachings and so so when you when you go when you go through these teachings and you will see most of teaching those teachings are alike they are just exactly the same print yeah, no, I, th I thought it had something to do with what your talk was about perception, that he kept saying the same thing over and over again about how we view the world or something like Exactly. That. Well, uh, there is, uh, that's how we see th the, 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 the process that happens. Uh, we see eye or your sense, and then you have an object, and then you see it, and so impulse go to your brain, and it process in the brain, and then we make the connection, and we attachment or detachment, I mean, you like or dislike, that's where it starts. So that's the, um, that's how we do that. But it's all perception. Yes. Not reality. Makes sense. It is, yeah. There is no sound. Well, I told you. Like you're trying to say that you hold on It's our nature. So what 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 the teachings are saying is you have to come out of from that the habitual pattern, and you have to just see um, there is really nothing to like or dislike because everything has the exactly the same nature. They arise, stay for a while, and pass away. It, whether it's good or bad. So there is nothing permanent. So um, to see that, um, but that, that's not what we do. We, what we do is that what you said, we like things, we want to hold those, we want to protect those, and when we don't like, we hate those, and we just, you know, anger and everything. So. Well, I just think it's interesting how the, um, the metaphysics that are really not solid. 
You can look at them from different ways. They look like a wave or a space. Or, and yet, when you look at them, it's a table. So it's just interesting how. Exactly. I mean, you know, what? Yes, always. <laughs> yes. There is there is nothing solidify in in the world that you can say self, mine, yours, because everything is subject to change. I'm sorry, you had a question, right? Sorry. Um, yeah. Um, before Buddha was a mic, um, he went to all these teachers. Yes. So he didn't invent meditation. He learned how to meditate. Mm -hmm. I guess they were Hindus. Yes. And he was an ascetic for a while. So he learned he controls body, basically, right? Yes. His emotions and his body. So he used that, and in, evidently he didn't feel that that was enough. So he went, he could do it on his own mm -hmm. without a teacher. So my question is, if you weren't to control his body, you weren't to control your breath, you weren't to control uh, hunger, he didn't, he didn't eat, right? Because There were six, uh, six years, yes. He, he had a really... So how long was he an ascetic? Was he, he was, how long was six that? years. Six years he was uh -huh. an ascetic? Yes. And then he sat under a tree, right? Yes. So how long did he sit under that tree? It was, was that another six years? No. No. It's like, uh, I think, 48 hours. 48 hours he sat? Yes, six years he tried others' methods, giving all these difficult times to himself, and then he let it go, and then he came to the middle path, which is he gave some food, and he realized that he has to balance everything, and then see he sat on the tree 48 hours. So, so the ascetics that he sat with, he had a group, right? They yes. Mm -hmm. They, they, um, when he finally got enlightenment, they didn't believe him, right? Yeah, they didn't. Why didn't they believe him? Because um, that's what happens, because um, when we, it, it's, it, that's our nature, just think about when you, you know, you always say some, to some people they are old is cool, right? Right. When people think old way, you think they are old is cool, because they don't want to change. And so when they see new things, and then you say, oh, no, no, that's not going to work. So we all, you always go back to that, what you are used to. And those, but exactly that's what happened to those five people. They had a way of thinking, and they didn't really want to change it. They are old school. So Buddha wasn't like that. He was a young man. Those five people are really, like, pretty old people. Very old. <laughs> so, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't hurt you because in this room there is no really old people. Are you saying, are you saying then their, their beliefs limited them and they only allowed themselves to go so far and that's kind of what we do. We, hint, we, we stop ourselves because we don't think we have, you know, there's nothing beyond what we know or there's not, that's not even what I'm trying to say, nothing well, we kind of will, we limit ourselves with our beliefs, and then we don't allow ourselves to go further. Exactly. You know, we we. That's more like what I was trying to say. Yes, uh, that's 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 what happens because we think when 
If Bhante Sujata tells you, you have to stop right here because you are not supposed to go beyond that, you are going to stop because you believe, oh, he's my teacher, he knows more than, more than me. That's wrong. So this is a personal journey. This is a personal, no, this is a, yeah, it is personal. It's a personal practice. And so you have to pick and you have to choose where you want to go and what you want to have with this and what you want to be. Nice. As a Buddhist monk, has anyone come to you and said, I've obtained enlightenment? Uh, would you believe them if somebody said that? Well, somebody said that, actually. He was a drug addict, though. <laughs> okay. Did see things? <laughs> yes. And how difficult time would a monk have believing somebody obtaining enlightenment? Would you have a difficult time believing that? Believing that? If Bill said, I mean, but if Bill said he was alive. <laughs> Only I believe if you are not too weird. <laughs> well, people get too weird when they. Yeah, people think that when. Yeah, when, when people think when you get enlightened, you become something like you can do like uh, yeah, float and you can do this crazy stuff. So if you're going to explain that, I'm not going to buy it. But if you are like a, acting like a normal person, yeah, I would believe. Yeah. So that's why you can't believe me, because I know I'm too weird too. So I'm not there yet. Tim. It's like a, we, I, we were talking earlier this week about the, about the big mind guy who... Oh, yeah. The, the guy who guranteed enlightenment for... $50,000 in three days. <laughs> 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 All right, so we're going to stop right here. Thank you very much.